In short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. Finland are still a second seed. I think we're, we're a better team than Finland. I wouldn't fear them at all coming here. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm delighted to welcome uh, former Waterford hurler Noel Connors to the show. Noel, how are you getting on? Morning, gents. How's it going? Very well. This should be a pretty exciting day tomorrow. Let's start there. It is, of course, Clare against Kilkenny. It's a game that, well, apparently everybody can call according to our quick picks there. Everybody's going for Clare, but it's only a one-point spread according to the bookies. It feels like a coin toss, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose, firstly, it's it's great to, to be talking about semi-finals. It's kind of strange that it's the 1st of July and we're already talking about it, but yeah. uh, strange but a good thing, but that's a different debate. Uh, yeah, I suppose on form, you're probably looking at Clare through the Munster Championship. Um, but I suppose if you go back to tradition and, and just kind of listen to it, your pre- some of the previous speakers on it. You're listening to you know like the traditional Kenny. I don't think Clare have actually beaten Kenny in a championship match at all. I think they've met like five times, and they actually haven't had a chance to beat him in championship. So when it comes to that, even psychologically, that's a, a huge factor. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I guess the the, the other aspect of all of this is that. Like when we talk about these intangibles about teams getting up for an occasion or, or getting the very most out of themselves just Kilkenny have this insane ability to to just do that like uh, it's very hard to put your finger on why they do that because Brian Lohan is as passionate a hurling man as Brian Cody I'm sure he is and I'm sure his team talks are, are as good and all that sort of stuff and there's been plenty of other managers that you can point towards but Cody just has this incredible ability to pull out a result when you potentially least expect it yeah, and ironically enough, I was actually listening to, um, I think it was actually someone that was talking about the All Blacks there during the week. Uh, obviously, the, the rugby tour is, is down in New Zealand uh, in the next couple of weeks. And um, they had a really interesting kind of understanding, I suppose, of how the All Blacks play. And it kind of relates very similar to how Limerick and Kilkenny are playing, and particularly Kilkenny over the last number of years. What they're trying to do is they try and wear you down. And once they wear you down, then they start hurling. And I think that's kind of how Kilkenny go about it, be it at club level, but also at inter-county level. You've seen it for many, many years where after about like maybe 55, 60 minutes, both teams are kind of neck and neck and all of a sudden then the other team just kind of fades away and then Kilkenny start hurling. And I think that's kind of the philosophy that nearly Clare are kind of going at as well. But over the last couple of years, it's very much, you know, run teams into the ground, hit them as hard as you can with your body and and physically try and drain them and then you you try and hurl as best as you can. On the Cody situation, all if if, if Kilkenny did, um, everyone's tipping Clare here, but like we're expecting to be close. If Clare won by five or six points, where is the narrative of Cody going forward? Yeah, I suppose like even the last, you know, two and three years, people have kind of nearly argued that is it, is it a time for, for Cody to go on? Arguably, he's probably the best and most successful inter-county manager. And I think sport, as we've probably mentioned on many occasions, is a very fickle thing. And people forget quite quickly how successful he has been with Kilkenny. You know, he's won more All-Irelands than most inter-county teams have ever seen in their life. Uh, and, uh, you know, every year, like you always say, Kilkenny, since that great team has finished, that Kilkenny are in transition. But ironically enough, they seem to be in, you know, semi-finals ever since. They're in, they haven't won the last two, but I'd imagine that Cody is very keen to kind of right that wrong and win the third one out of the, the last three years. Uh, no, we wanted to get your take on a couple of the key individual matchups across both of these games. So we'll start with that Clare versus Kilkenny match. And uh, one of the first things we want to talk about here is who's going to pick up TJ Reid. Yeah, and do you know what? You actually just mentioned there that 
I suppose Brian Lowen is very similar to Brian Cody in many ways. And I suppose we, we're very used to Kenny not kind of changing their shape and not changing personnel to, to kind of suit other other persons on, on the opposition. But I think that they could put Dave McInerney full back. If TJ's in full forward, I think they might put him in full back just to kind of see how it goes. David McInerney is, I suppose, very comfortable in full-back and he's marked TJ on many different occasions. It's not to say that Conor Cleary is not capable of marking him, but I think it would settle a lot of the team because uh, Davey Mack has been, uh, been on him for many different years and has done quite well on TJ. That, I suppose, leaves the question and who goes to wing-back. Um, but I think that that's a big thing. You know, TJ probably hasn't been, I suppose, the TJ that we've seen over the last number of years. But in saying that, once it comes to semi-finals and finals, there's no better man to kind of put a shoulder to the wheel and really, you know, kick into gear. Um, so I think that that's a really big battle. What maybe plays into Clare's uh, favour here is that they've been through this. They've been through Leach in at the edge of the square. They sort of notice it's coming. Like, does that kill the element of surprise if they have this plan hatched? If TJ goes into full forward, David Mack is back there because we know that we didn't do that in the last game and we and we, and we got caught a little bit. So, like, is, is it actually advantage Clare in that regard if TJ goes in full forward? It is in many ways, but again, like every championship match is different. You know, yeah. TJ, TJ is certainly a lot more, you know, he's he, he's a lot more developed in the air. He's left or right. He's a lot more awkward, but physically he's a lot more developed as well. Like TJ is probably the best person I'd say in the country in the air at feeling the ball. So irrespective of who you put on him, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Mm. TJ is, is a phenomenal player and he's a great player to bring people into the game. So you know, again, I think you mentioned it just a second ago, goals and games, and there's no better team than Kenny than going for the early juggler like we've seen it over the last decade or even two. Once they get a sniff of goal, they're going to go for it. And I imagine that's the, the thing they're going to try and do, particularly early on, just to kind of test to see where the, the clear full backline are at. Okay, so the other two forwards that uh, we're chatting about here. So we'll uh, have a look at Peter Doug and we'll have a look at, at Owen Cody. What's going to be done on both of those? Um, yeah, it, it's strange because... You know, Peter Duggan like is is a complete different animal than what we've seen Claire have. Like Claire traditionally go for maybe small, low sized, very fast and pacey hurlers in the full forward line. And this is a completely different dynamic. So he brings a complete different dimension to the Claire team. So they can obviously hit the ball into the corners where it would say someone like David David really is in the corner. You can hit it in quite low. But then you have obviously Peter Duggan as a kind of target man to hit in full forward. Obviously the, the obvious person there is he will all her to mark him he has been very impressive he probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves full back I must say is an awful position to be in because if you make one mistake it's a goal so you, you might play a, you know a super like 70 minutes and all of a sudden with the last two pokes of the ball it might go in and they might get two goals so uh, you know that's that's the challenge of being in the full back line but I think that it's, it's very very important that you will all are I suppose Stamps is a tower here physically over the last couple of games he's been very very impressive uh, and it's, it's, it's so important that they can put a handle on Peter Dogan because if you look at the last number of games, even against the likes of Limerick, who everyone is well aware that Limerick are a phenomenal team physically and in terms of hurling, but he caused them some troubles. He was phenomenal against Watford. He could Watford couldn't get to grips with him at all, and he caused chaos in there. So I think that's very important that Hugh Lawler wins the first couple of balls and gets on top. Right. Um, so then Owen Cody, who are you, who are you uh, putting on him if you're Brian Lohan? Yeah, ironically enough, again, I suppose you're looking at someone like Rory Hayes uh, and I know he was taken off already last time and that might come down to, again, like, you know, it's very, very difficult. There was, been, there was so much talk about, you know, him being sent off or whatever. I should have been sent off and then obviously been cited after the match and so on. And then, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult for him to try and, you know, get himself up for a match and only having a few days to do so and then get taken off. But I do think Rory Hayes will be, you know, 
a, a, an ideal person. The reason I would say that it is is because he's fast and he's very aggressive. Owen Cody is is kind of resembles a a younger version of an Eddie Brennan where he gets the ball and he just goes directly at goal. So I think you need someone that's very tight marking, but also someone that can get back around him. So if he does get past, that he has the pace to get back around him. So I think Rory Hayes has probably been one of the best players for for Clare uh, over the last couple of years. In terms of performance, he's always been, as you were talking about there, about rating players. I think he's been always at seven, maybe eight or even nine. Just to put this to you, um, Joe Canning's actually focused on Hayes in the Irish Times uh, this morning. I'd I just love to get your take on this. He says, he's a reputation for being Clare's most outstanding cornerback. But if you look at the matchups he's had in this championship, I don't know if that really stands up. Desi Hutchinson scored 1-6 of the round robin game at Waterford. Shemi Flanagan took him for eight points in the Munster final. Lee Chin scored one and set up another before Hayes was subbed off after eight minutes the last day. There's a big distance between perception and... And reality and Lohan can only afford to deal in reality. Is that a harsh assessment of his? Yeah, I think it is. Like the the other side of it too is, you know, like where did where did the balls come from? If the ball is getting hit in like and there's 50, 60 yards of room, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. You know, you go back to let's say the Desi Hutchison phone, for instance, like the ball was probably handed in across from what I can remember, the ball was handed across Desi was left around his own. Again, Rory Hayes went to engage the person that was running in and hoping that the wing back was going to come across. And that was very similar to other games. As someone that's in the full background that has been there for many years, it's next to impossible in regards to who you're marking. If there's that room inside mm. to try and mark it, it's next to impossible. But when you look at, I suppose, at face value, when the I suppose it's a 50-50 ball, there's probably no better person to come out with the ball. Like, you know, you look at even the championship match against Warford this year, he was phenomenal. Uh, and you go back through even the, the previous matches, I think he's been an excellent hurler. So I think that's a very harsh assessment. And also, like just because Lee Chin might have scored like a couple of points, it doesn't necessarily mean that Rory Hayes was on him for that period of time. He might have been marking him, but there might have been a switch in play, for instance. Yeah. The, the, I'm just trying to remember, did you mark Conor Whelan in the final in 2017? Yes, I did. Uh, Seems to recall you did all right, actually. Yeah, uh, from what I can remember, I did pretty okay. Pretty okay. <laughs> I'm blushing here now, so I shouldn't say too much. <laughs> um, how, what do you do with him? Like, uh, like he's obviously, geez, he's five years older now. Um, I remember Anthony Cunningham giving him his debut when he was like, he was a minor, I think. He was certainly 18 and he already looked like a tank. Now, you were physically, obviously, I mean, one of the most imposing cornerbacks of your generation. But what do you do with Conor Whelan? Like, you know what? It's, it's, uh, the good thing about, I suppose, going to places like college, for instance, we had Owen Murphy, uh, Scruff, who was on goal for Kenny now. And I was always intrigued to try and get a handle on, we'll say, to Kenny backs at the time. So you had like some of the best backs in the, in the country with JJ and all of those and Jackie Turner. And I kind of asked him a question once upon a time, you know, like, like how did they approach it? And he said, like, the, the most important thing is get the ball to ground and you'll win the ball. And I kind of always took that kind of mentality is don't allow him to win the first ball. And I suppose the, the challenging thing now at times is that a lot of intercounty players, not just backs, but as forwards, they want to actually play hurling. There's a time to play hurling and there's a time not to play hurling. There's a time to physically, we'll say, try and wrestle the person. Now, I don't mean obviously jump on their back, but physically like push them out of the way, be it with your shoulder or with your back or with your arm and even break through. Whereas I suppose in the last five and six years, it's gone beyond that where every cornerback wants to be someone like a Sean Finn that's getting on maybe, mm. you know, 10, 20 possessions are similar enough. You look at someone like a, a Barry Nash, he's very similar. But there's a time to do that and there's a time not to do it. And you have to realise that you're marking somebody that's the best player in their county in that particular position. So what I would try and advise people, particularly in the full back line, is 
it's just to break the ball. You don't have to catch every ball. You don't have to win every ball. You have to keep it behind you. If you can break it in behind him, he is the field and the field is open. And you think Mike Casey is going to be on him this weekend? I think Mike Casey will be on him, but then it doesn't surprise me if Sean Finn goes on him. I don't think Barry Nash, because Barry is probably a bit more of a hurler and I don't think that will suit him. Now, don't get me wrong, I was kind of a bit intrigued when he went back there. Initially, he was like a wing forward or a corner forward and he was a fabulous player. And then when I saw him going to full back line number eight, I kind of was a bit concerned, but he, he's been a revelation back there. He's, he's a joy to watch because he just could do anything. On two of the Limerick danger men then, you picked out Aaron Galan and Gerard Hegarty. Who do you think is going to be, or who would you put on them if you were the Galway manager? Yeah, I think uh, you have to look at uh, Dahi Burke has probably been the best full back in the country over the last 10 years. Uh, what is he, four or five all-stars at full back? Um, so I think that he has to mark him. And, you know, everyone is familiar with the fact that, like, Glan needs one chance and he'll bang a goal. And he's he's incredibly difficult to mark because he knows where the ball is going before the ball is even hit there. It's like as if they say, right, when... If Tom Morrissey has it in the half-forward line, he knows exactly where he's going to hit the ball. If Dan Morrissey has it in the half-back line, he knows exactly where he's going to hit it. So as a back, it's next to impossible to try and mark that. You're nearly firefighting at times. But Galan is is just... He's a joy to watch, but a nightmare to mark because he can get it high, lower, and different, and he's lethal. Do you find that, just you mentioned some of those, like Joe obviously now, Owen is quoting him from the Irish Times, so he's he's left to see. Do you find some of those marquee Galway players like McInerney, Burke, um, David Burke as well, just aren't necessarily at the pitch they were at, um, Noel, do you think, or is, is is that being harsh? I think it's probably a bit harsh. Uh, you know, you, you look at someone like David Burke, like David Burke, particularly in midfield, he's probably been one of the best midfielders in the country, again, over the last 10 years. But... I suppose he hasn't really got to as many games as probably where he wanted. He seemed to be carrying a couple of different knocks. And like, you know, it's very, very difficult. David is probably now 31 or 32 at this stage. And it takes a small bit longer for you to recover. But like, there's no, there's no player like him, I don't think, in Galway that physically can get up and down the field as much as he can. Now, he won't last the 70 minutes, but he'll put in a, a 40 or 50 minute shift that no other um, Galway person can do. And I think that his experience is invaluable because Crow Park is a very different place than playing in somewhere like a Turles or playing in somewhere like a Parallel Park or a Nolan Park. Um, and you've obviously heard before many different games are won um, before people run out of the tunnel. You know, they hear the sound, they hear the noise and when they run out into the tunnel, they, they kind of get a bit of a fright. Well, how, so, how would you exonerate the Galway defence would say against Cork then? Because like the running game, the first half, like, I mean, if there were an XG in Hurling, like Galway were absolutely blessed to win that game and they were opened up time and time again. Yeah, and I, I totally agree, but we have to we have to remember like that that Cork team aren't as bad as people are kind of are kind of articulating. You know, they were in the Ireland final last year. They've won what it was it three or four in a row under twenty All Ireland's, you know, under twenty last year, whatever it may be as well. They got bet this year and they've been very, very successful at colleges level and at schools level. Like they have a very, very good team and people kind of forget that. Mm. Cork were probably very hard on me not to win that game. Um, again, everyone will talk about not beginning Cadigan or not starting Hoggy and all these different things, but they are not a bad team. Um, and, you know, it's easy to say that all oh, Galway weren't particularly good at the day. It wasn't the fact that Galway weren't particularly good, it was the fact that Cork were very good. Yeah. Uh, you look at from, we'll say, the Watford and Welsh Park since then, we've seen a very, very different Cork team. Noel, who's going to be in the All Ireland final this year? Everyone is saying that Clare is. I'm actually thinking that. Kenny will win that okay. and I don't think it's very I think that most people are 
are happy to go with Limerick, and I agree. Ironically enough, I was just looking at some of the stats on it. Clare actually have the highest score on average. I think they've like 40 scores over the last three games. I think the last three games are probably a better reflection of where teams are at. I think Clare have like on average 40 scores. You look at Kilkenny, they have 25.6. You look at, uh, you look at the Galway team, they're 23, which is the lowest. And then you look at Limerick, who have 32. So if you're going off that, uh, I would say Limerick and then I think Kenny because I don't think Clare have beaten him in the championship um, today so I think that that's a huge omen Alright, very good Noel Connors, great stuff thanks Millie for being with us Have a good weekend lads and enjoy the semi-finals Yep, yeah, you too that's uh, former Waterford defender Noel Connors there OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 